I want to talk today on a happy highway. Happy, happy, happy. Happy highway. You know, it's awesome when you, when the Lord speaks to you, gives you a word, and you go to your computer, and I, that's all I know. I'm not very good at that. But you go to your computer and you just see, did God really say anything about happiness? You know, I've read the Bible through, and I'm sure you, you folks have too. But, you know, you don't always stop at, on the roadmaps along the way. And so I went to my computer, and, I mean, there's over and over and over, God talks about happy, H-A-P-P-Y. Happiness and joy, those are the things that God is all about. And I find today that the more I want to have happiness, it eludes me. The more I want the fullness of the joy of the Lord. You know, I'd like to just just say praise the Lord when somebody tells me something really bad goes or bad. Nobody has to tell me. I already see it in my own life and family, you know. And I just, I just want the joy of the Lord. And I don't know that jo- Jesus just wants us to have his joy, but God wants us to have happiness too. And there's a kind of a difference because with happiness kind of affects our physical being. Happiness kind of affects what we have in this life, the physical things of life. You know, you can be happy for a moment because you got a new car or something. And but, you know, in in two or three days, it's back to being uh, harassed by the enemy. I think God's people need to understand that it is the goal and I think you do know that, but think on this, that it's the goal of the enemy to harass us out of our joy, out of our peace, out of our faith, out of everything that is spiritual about us. It's his job to clean house and give us evil. But I tell you today that the word of God says he wants us to be happy. He wants us to be happy in the circumstances of our life, and he wants us to have joy in the spiritual circumstances of our life. So he he covers us both ways. You know. So I want to talk about that. Do you ever have a day when you just feel really good and everything's going good and you have what you want and everything's happy and it it only lasts for a few moments? You know, the only thing that will rule in happiness and joy in our life is if we're following Christ. But we can't follow him a half a mile away. We have to be right on his backside, just right next to him and feeling his presence and knowing that whatever the enemy uh, forces against us, we have a victorious spirit that comes against that. And we just need to know that today. The Church of Jesus Christ needs to rise to the occasion because it's the hour in which we need to really pray and fast and seek God for our children, for our lives, for our families, because Jesus is coming very soon. So um, my text today, in the, and this is a, ha- a happy highway. That's the, that's the message, a happy highway. When your pastor, somebody asks you, what did your pastor preach? You say, a happy highway. Thank you, Jesus. It comes from Proverbs sixteen, seventeen, And it says, the highway of the upright. How many is on the highway of the upright? Think on that. The highway of the upright, which is where we begin our travels, we depart from evil. Oh, I just stuck, stuck that travels in. Um, the highway is, is the upright highway. We depart from evil. And this is that we keep our way and preserve our soul. 
Now, uh, sometimes, I don't know about you, but I sort of put my soul in charge of God, and then I kind of think it's his fault that I don't do what I should do. Do you ever be that way? You go like, well, Lord, I did that, you know, and he comes back and says, well, what about this and this and this, you know, and so God is always challenging us to have a happy attitude toward the crisis and the circumstances in our life. And while the enemy is always harassing us, God is always on our side. He never leaves us, and he's challenging us to get on the upright highway with the kingdom of God. So when you feel blessed, just know that there'll be a season when you won't feel so blessed, and that's when you have to act like you're blessed, and you have to believe that you're blessed, and you have to continue on because the Bible teaches us the end is better than the beginning. You know, in the message today, if I had time, we could talk about Job. You know, because that is a sign in the Word of God that God will take care of you, and your end will be better than your beginning. And I certainly am happy that God has made me to know that because it's been a really a truth in my own life that at this point in my life, I'm much better, have much better than I ever have, and I never did anything different. It had to be the power and the mercy and the grace of God. So all, all through the Old Testament, you will find God's people is on a journey. They got in trouble. They got out of trouble, out of Egypt. And they walked too close to the world, so they got caught up in the world. Finally, God heard their cry, and God got them out of there. And when he got them out, they started their journey on a highway. Sometimes it was an upright one. Sometimes it was a bad one. It was a difficult one because they could not keep their position in Christ central. We must keep our position in Christ central. Whatever decisions we must make, we, sh- we must ask if this is your will, God, because God has given us that free will that we will ser- seek him in all crisis. So we're on a highway. We're moving toward our eternal destination. You can call it a path, a highway, whatever, a journey, but we're all on it. If you come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, then you're on the upright path. It's just staying there. That is the, is the journey to keep on the path at all ends, at all at all circumstances. So the message today of the highway is that we must get on it. I'm sure we're on it, but what are we doing on it? You know, it's not enough to just get on the journey and get to your place. But there's lots of things between you and eternal destination that God wants to do in your heart, in your life. And, you know, we spend a lot of times doing things that we want to do and we work and we do. You know, we have recreational periods of times. But the day is upon us when we're going to have to be more mindful spiritually of what is going on in our world and how close the kingdom of God is coming and and where we are in our journey to our eternal destination. Nation. So I know I'm talking to the godly people today, but, you know, we, ne- we cannot veer from the right or the left. We have to stay centrally located in Christ to, to win the battle. So the, the battle gets strenuous. There are struggles in the battle. There's hard places in the battle. Sometimes there's a detour. Sometimes there's a broken tire. You know, there's all kinds of crises on that road. But, you know, if we can be in the c- central of the of the problem if we can stay balanced is the word that i i search for because i find that i'm not always balanced i'm always one-sided you know and then you're off balance so we have to know what is the balance 
of Christ on the upright road. So it seems that the devil, I, I want to say this, you don't have to receive it, but uh, it seems that the devil, you know, can just nudge some little disappointment in our life. And it wasn't a little disappointment, but it's under the blood, so I call it a little. And so uh, he can nudge us in something, some tiny thing that is still uh, not quite under the totality of the blood of Jesus. And Jesus doesn't know what we're talking about, but anyhow, it's under the blood. We know that. So I'm saying to the church today that it's easy to get off of the main highway. It's easy to get a little off on our journey. It's a little easy to get our path gets a little crooked and we don't feel like turning with it. You know, and we don't feel like following it to the level, so we just kind of go off off course for a little bit. We're unbalanced, you know, and God wants to bring the church of Jesus Christ at large to the center of the path that we will become an upright person and a godly Christian. And the Isaiah talks about there's a highway of holiness that's planned for God's people. And I think that the church of Jesus Christ at large is way off of holiness. And I believe that the church should be more holy than it's ever been because this is the hour when God wants us to arise to the occasion. And we did some Israeli stuff today because we've been praying for Israel. You know, they're where every, the enemy focuses everything toward them. But thank God where they are, they're still strong and powerful. We're part of them. And when God spoke to them this message because he told them that they should be happy in Deuteronomy, I'll get there in a minute. And he wants his people to be happy. He wants the world to see that we're happy. Sometimes the world thinks that Christians are sad. They think Christians are strict. Christians are this or Christians are that. They're, they're no they're righteous and they they feel righteous well we only everybody can be righteous if they want to follow Christ right amen mm-hmm. and so they don't look at christians sometimes they as christians spout things then they don't live those things and that's what has hurt our christianity and so god is speaking to us and to me and to us that there is a happy highway and when we experience that happiness, it, it covers our whole body and there's a countenance about us. I mean, when somebody says, I'm a Christian, there should be a countenance about them that they can stand strong and they can smile in the face of disaster and they always have a word in season, you know, to give. And so this is about the, ha- the happy highway because God tells us that if we get on, in the upright condition on the highway, there is happiness. And I don't know, maybe maybe you think, well, I am happy, but true happiness gives a countenance of his glory. True a happiness and a true, powerful, deep, committed Christian who walks in the center of the path of God. And that's hard to do, church. You know, you, find, you have to keep abreast of the idea and see it before you because you might have veered just a little you know, you're still in love with God. You still go to church. You still pay your tithes. But what about this or what about that? What about our anger? What about those kinds of things that affect everybody? There is no perfect person. But God wants us to strive for that. He wants us to be in the straight and the narrow. It seems that the devil is always nudging us. I don't know about you but me, but 
You know, he nudges us with something that happened in the past that's under the blood, and then everything just flows to the surface, and then we have all those uh, feelings again. I want to tell you something today, that if you're on the upright path, those things are behind you. For this one thing I do, I put in those things, this is the word of God, I put those things behind me, and I press for the mark of the prize of God and high calling. So we're not just on the highway to be happy. We're on the highway to press for the prize of the calling of God. What is the calling of God in our life today? Well, some of it's to go to the mission field. Some of it's to preach. But some of it's to just be that that uh, constant witness that there's a presence of God in your life. And you always have a word in season to say to somebody. You always have a godly concept in your life. And this is what we're needing today. We're needing to get rid of those little parts of hurts that is still peeking out under the blood of Jesus. If that that's not a biblical scripture, but I want to tell you that that that's a truth because somebody can just say something to me about divorce, you know, and then all these things illuminate. And we have to get over that. We have to press on. We have to see where we are today. We have to see what God has given us through Christ. There's no restrictions. There's no laws. There's no all of that stuff. There's just sheer love and forgiveness that God has given to his people. So we got to get on a highway. I like to see a person that I can say I would like to emulate, and that is Phyllis's son, Kyle. Kyle's a police officer. And I've never seen him a day when he doesn't have a smile on his face. And uh, he, he can, he can, he calls me sugar free because I, I want always want the sugar free, uh, sugar. So he calls me sugar free. But he's a police officer and he can go up to the, he was, he's retired now, but he can go up to a car to give them a ticket and he gives it to him with a smile. I, I've never seen him not smile. This is true if, if you, if those who know him, he's, he, and, and I think often about that because I, I visited, we visited, uh, him in, in Arizona several times and, and I've been around him a lot and he as always has a smile on his face. And I know he's gone through a lot of trials and tribulations like all of us, but the next time I saw him, he, the smile was still there. We need a countenance of Christ, church. We need a countenance of Christ. When they, when a car pulls in front of us, we need a countenance of Christ instead of, you know, that kind of stuff. And that's just simple stuff. But when we get that countenance of Christ, it, it won't be simple. It will affect everybody we come in contact with. And they'll say, well, you seem happy today. Well, yes, I am happy. And that gives you a whole opportunity to witness to them. Important. So the text message today is Proverbs 16, and if you would turn there, I would, I would like for you to read it in your mind as I read it, because I, I want to focus on various things, so I'll stop every once in a while. So, But I want you to get there, Proverbs 16, starting at verse 15. I think probably every one of you have a desire that the light of our king would be upon our face. I want that. I want that favor of God. And so this passage of scripture reads like this, and I'm going to stop here and there. So if you just read in your mind with me today, in the light of the king's countenance is life. That's just powerful right there because the king is Jesus. He lives in us. And it says in the light of the king's countenance is life. 
I don't know about you, but sometimes you just feel like life is just not what you want it to be. I think that in the in the realm of the world, they constantly are unhappy because they don't have the peace that passes all understanding. They don't have the peace of Christ in them. But we have the peace of Christ in us, but sometimes we don't act like it. Sometimes we don't feel like it. So in the light of the king's countenance is life. I want the church of Jesus Christ to come alive in the power and the anointing that has been given us. I want that with all my heart. I'm so discouraged over Christianity today. I, I, it's all about things you see and where you go and what you do instead of just humbly bowing in the altar and worshiping God and giving him thanks for everything that you have and instead of asking for more. This is what is needed in Christianity today. So it says that when you have the countenance, you have life, and then you have favor. His favor is as a cloud of the latter rain. You folks probably, some of you don't know, but there used to be a move of God called the latter rain. And my mom got saved and is filled with the Holy Spirit in it. And I told the story over and over. My brother and I drug her out of the revival at midnight, got on the last trolley. We had trolleys in. And and we had to hold my mom up because she was drunk as a skunk. Not like a skunk, but drunk in Christ. And every night of that revival, we did that. And every night, the same trolley guy saw us because we had got on every night at midnight. And finally, on the, one of the nights, he said to my brother, he said, well, where is the tavern around here? And my brother just, I can see his eyes now. They were as big as wheels, and they just rolled. And he looked at me, and he said, ask her. <laughs> and I said, it's that church that you just got us, got us on from. You know, and, and my brother says, and it's been going on forever. <laughs> and, uh, but even if you have to look like a alcoholic, you have to have some kind of movement about you that they want to know what is it that keeps you going and how do you feel and why are you smiling? You know, my mom was smiling. She knew not where she was, but we got her home safe. But, you know, those are the days of the latter rain. That was a movement where the Spirit of God moved, and uh, it didn't last long. You know, we have these movements. We have these awakenings, and they're shakings to, to bring us back to God. And I desire to have awakening in this day and hour where the whole church will be shaken, and every little tabernacle in it will be shaken, and the power and the anointing of God will be revealed through all humanity. And those that are going against the creative force of God will be blown away. Because God's, God's power is more powerful than what they are doing in our earth. So uh, the latter rain was a great time. I got saved and filled with the Spirit in the middle of it and I, at, at 10 years old. And I just thank God so much for that latter rain. And I read that and I thought, well, it's in the Bible. You know, those things that God does is in his word. You can find it. He's telling us this day to be happy that he lives in us. And to be happy when we have problems and trials and tribulations and crisis and lack and everything that we go through in our struggles. So the scripture goes on to say, how much better is it to get wisdom than gold? I like to think about it. How much better is it to have wisdom than than money? Money destroys people. You know, we need it. It's a commodity that God has given to us. But too much of it can just bring destruction.
to a household. And so it's better to get the wisdom of the word of God than gold, than money, than monetary things, than physical things. The Bible says to get understanding, and there is that word again, rather to be chosen than silver. The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. He that keepeth his way, his, his path, preserves his soul. And then verse 19 says, Better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. And, you know, I don't think that we think we're proud. I don't think there's a soul in here that I would say they think they're proud. But you know what? If we win an argument, don't we feel proud? If we, if we win something that we're fighting for, you know, be careful. Because pride will find any doorway to get his toe in. And the Bible says that it's better to be of a humble spirit than to, with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. And verse 20, he that handleth a matter wisely. Now, everyone here, you have difficulties and you have uh, situations and burdens and things that you have to deal with. How are we dealing with our crisis? How are we dealing with the change? How are we dealing with the wickedness of the world? How are we dealing with corruption? How are we dealing with our children being a product of the enemy who wants to destroy us? How, how, how are we, how are we handling this? If we handle it wisely, it is to bring it before God, to pray, to seek God, to fast, and get on, get on the train to do something for the kingdom of God. And the, and the scripture says, if you do that, you'll find good. We need to find good, don't we? There's a lot of ungood, if that's the proper word. We need to get the good of God going in our life in a special way. And it says, he that handleth the matter wisely shall find good. And whoso trusteth in the Lord, what? I don't hear that. Well, all right. We're happy. I told Julie, I said, start the song service with something wild. And so, see, that's why we got into Israel, because it always makes us dance. But are we a happy Christian? That's the question today. And, and we're happy. It's really a happy moment when we get in the house together, isn't it? That's just the, that's, Sunday is the greatest thing of all. That God said, uh, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together because he wants us to get together and have that happy feeling. And the Old Testament, you know, is full of that. God said to them, gather the people together. Imagine when he said gather, it was hundreds of people. And he sent out the word. He said, gather them together because there's this peace and joy and contentment in the, in the, in the body of Christ. Well, they didn't always have peace and contentment. They got a lot of correction. You know, and the church needs correction today, too. We need that. But happiness can easily be dissipated. We can, we can have good things happen, good physical things, good fruitful things. We can have good uh, material things that, that can happen. But uh, material things can fade really quick. And then our happiness and our attitude and our countenance, and it affects all of us. And so I, 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 I read this morning in Psalm 119, and I've been asking you to read passages of Scripture when I minister so that we are on the same wavelength. And today I ask you to read Psalm 119 this week in your devotions and meditate upon it. You know, uh, just 
read five psalms and meditate on that, get the meaning of it if you have to use a dictionary because sometimes they go in a circle. You know, just meditate. I want to get the church to meditate in the Word of God to stop and see what he's saying. It's so easy to read right on through it. And there might be a morsel of goodness that's there for you. So I encourage you to do that. Psalm 119 says, make me to go in thy path. See, we don't have a choice. If we love God, we want to honor God. And he says, make me to go in that path. Make me to be upright. Make me to do the right thing. Make me. And we need to pray that. But be careful when you pray that he will. You know, and so he it's important. And then also in Proverbs 418, it says the path of the just is a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. What a revelation. Are you a lighthouse wherever you go? Are you shining wherever you go? Do you show forth the blessings and the goodness and the love of God wherever you go? We need to change our mindset. Yes, we are afflicted by the works of darkness, but greater is he that's in us and he that's in the world. And we know that and we can quote that. And God is calling the church to rise to the occasion where where we will walk in that and, and display that in our life. And Proverbs 4.26, it says, ponder. That means really stop. Ponder the feet of the path that all thy ways will be established. What's wrong with some of us is that we're not established. We, we, wave, we waver just a little. And God wants our faith to be strengthened as a bulwark, that it's unmovable. When the enemy comes, we are unmovable from the power and the grace of God, and we give him glory. So I want, uh, God is speaking to the church at large, I believe, that because unless we get together, we cannot be the powerful force that God wants. And I appreciate the pastor that sent me that because I didn't know that. And I didn't know what would be going on in this very day, how the devil would be doing his work in the lives of children. And the minute I got that, I started saying, God, don't let no child come. That's what we can do. We don't, you know, we can pray whatever according to the hand of God. But we need to have a thought in our heart and our life what needs to happen. And that needs the devil does not need to touch our children. So. And no matter the circumstances, Isaiah 35, 8, this is the hard one. He writes and he says, there's a way of holiness. Walk in that holiness. I believe that Christianity, I came out of a church that was not called a holiness church, but it was holy because we did everything that the Bible said according to the very nature of our pastor. You know, and I don't think that's always the right thing because we need to think for ourselves. We need to know God for ourselves in a supernatural way. But Isaiah says there's a way of holiness. And I want to find that way of holiness. I want to find that way of uprightness. I want to be in the center of God's will. I want to deal with my crisis. I want to deal with my past. Amen. I want to deal with these things that come back to me and haunt me and stress me because they are under the blood of Jesus Christ. When you get that message, you'll be happy because the next time that comes to you, you'll just smile. 
because you know that you you don't even know what the devil's talking about. The one passage of scripture says that he is a liar. And I read we read that uh, in one of the scriptures. And it says that he, the, the one that there is there is he is a liar. The enemy is a liar. So those things that he comes to you about and brings up the past and, and brings you sorrow and heartache today and tells you things today. He's a liar. We are victorious in Christ. We are overcomers in Christ. We are more than conquerors in Christ. We are happy. I want to see you happy. We are happy. We are happy. You know, sometimes we don't think we don't have a smile. We, we just sit there and pay attention. But, you know, give me some happy. I love happy. All right. The finally today in Deuteronomy 10:11, it says that this is so important to the message today that we're on the right path in the kingdom of God. There's a lot of people that are following wrong paths. But if, if, if I preach it and it's in the word, then you follow it. If I preach it and it's not in the word, that's just me. Put it on the side and find where God is. I believe that with all my heart. Where was I? Deuteronomy 10:11. I hope it's the right scripture. It says, And the Lord said unto Moses. Now, this is the Lord talking. He's talking to Moses. And he says, Arise. Take the journey before the people. That they may go in and possess the land. What do we want to possess, church? We want to possess the power and the anointing of God, don't we? We want to possess what God has for us in Christianity. We want to possess that. We want to possess the promise. We want to possess the truth. We want to possess that the devil is a liar and he is, you know, he is not victorious. It seems sometimes that he is, but he is not. So the scripture says that, He said to Moses, Arise, take the journey before the people that they may go in and possess the land. Well, we don't need land. What we need is spiritual land. The word of God is speaking to us in the in the original and also is speaking to us in the spiritual. And so possess the land. What is it that you want from God? Go in and possess it. And the scripture says, Where I swear unto their fathers to give unto them. So God has sworn unto our fathers that we can take the land. Well, now, because we have Christ living in us, we have spiritual land that we need to possess. There's things in our life that we need to get out and possess God's place in its place. Hebrews 5, 9, and 10 says, Jesus being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. He's called of God to be our high priest. He is the most highest potentate in all the land he's higher than any pastor he's higher than any evangelist or a missionary he is god and he is more powerful and praise him praise him praise him praise him amen to jesus so the old testament saints experienced quite a few journeys if you've read the old testament and uh, they were trying to follow the laws but we find the journey uh we got one law to follow Israel had many, many laws. Read the book of Leviticus and all over there. And they had many laws that they had to follow to keep in the center of the road. And now, since we have Christ, we have one law. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, thy mind, thy spirit, thy strength. If you do that, you're going to come 
to more righteous than you've ever experienced before. We have one rule and we have a hard time going by it. Is there always love in our spirit? You know, is there always it? Is it always in our mind? The enemy affects our mind and we got to bring back the happiness and the joy of God and shove out the evil lies of the devil. It's, it's so important, church. So God gave this to Moses to give to his people. Well, we come along and we get saved. Now we're his people, right? So this is just as good for us as it was for that day for Moses. We need to possess some spiritual land for God. We need to get rid of some spiritual land that's no good. And we need to see what it is that God wants us to do. And we need to get busy for the kingdom of God because Jesus is coming. And I can't say that to you enough. We're on a journey. We're on a path. We're we're on a highway. You know, Bible says in John 4, 6, it says, Jesus sat at the Jacob's well. Jesus was weary. How many ever thought about Jesus being weary? We think about him as being the son of God and the miracle worker and the healer and all those things. But the Bible says here in John 4, 6, that he was weary. He was weary from working for his father and for the kingdom. Now, I'm challenged. Are we weary because we're working for God? You know, being a light, being a testimony, you know, giving a word in season. Are we busy for that? Is it the focal point of our life? And in this passage of scripture, it says that he sat down at Jacob's well. Weary and tired, he sat down. You know the story. The woman came to him. He gave her living water. She went into the town and evangelized the town. You know, that's what God wants. He wants us to get that spiritual water in us that, that it will start churning and, and, and people will investigate what is it that's churning in your life. And you, then you can stop and say, well, I'm happy. Well, what makes you happy, Jesus? You know, that's not a big testimony. It's just a short one. But it's working for the kingdom of God. we got to get busy and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ because it's important. Now, as I come to a close, we, how do we uh, produce a happy highway and an upright path for God? James 5.11. Behold, we count them happy which endure. <laughs> uh, well, that's funny. Because we always get the opportunity to endure. How many of you have been enduring? Have you been enduring something? It says, I be, as it, it says, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord. And the Lord is very pitiful. I searched it. It means compassionate. How, how has God put his compassion on you? What has he done in a compassionate nature? Is he seeing you through the trial and the tribulation? Is he walking with you? Is he keeping his promise that he'll never leave you nor forsake you? So it says that he's full of compassion and tender mercy. But above all things, my brethren, swear not by heaven or earth. And I think that means let's watch our conversation. It says, but swear not by these things, neither by heaven or earth, neither by any oath. But let your yea be yea and your nay nay unless you fall into condemnation. Jesus didn't die on the cross to condemn us. He died on the cross to heal us from condemnation. Let us not put ourselves in that place. Now, quickly, as I close, I want to give you several verses. Psalms 146.5. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose help 
is in the Lord his God. That's happy. And Proverbs 3.13. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. You know, this is the upright highway that brings happiness and joy in our life. If you've ever read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if you've ever read them, then you know how Jesus lived. You know how he walked. You know what he did. You know that he did it through all circumstances. All They wanted to kill him all, all the time. They gave him no glory. They mistreated him. They continued to do everything that they could against him. So now you know this. How many know the Gospels? How many know what Jesus went through in the Gospels? I, I just verify that. Okay. The thing that I want to say to you today is John thirteen fifteen, And I promise to close with this. He says, For I have given you an example, Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. And wait for it now. Verse 17. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. I mean, there's so much happy in the Bible. So much happy. I have more. But I have a whole page here yet I haven't got to. Happy. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you make us happy. You, are, you, you bless us. Father God, you give us joy. You give us peace. You give us grace, oh God. Cause us to revel in the happiness that you place in our life, I pray. In Jesus' holy name.